Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas with you and yours. Wes, it is week 17. Packers-Lions Sunday noon central time kickoff at Lambeau Field to wrap up the 2018 season for both of these squads. Our midweek show will take a quick look at the Detroit Lions and then I want to get to some of those uh, playoff implications around the rest of the league here for week 17 that I talked about on our previous show. want to make sure we get to that. But Detroit 5-10, and 10, the Packers are 6-8-1. and 1. The Lions under first-year head coach Matt Patricia, definitely a season of ups and downs. Early on, they beat the New England Patriots. They beat the Green Bay Packers, both at Ford Field. was looking like uh, Matt Patricia might be putting something together in his inaugural season. That has not been the case. And since then, quite frankly, we've seen general manager Bob Quinn there and Patricia making a lot of roster moves trading some guys, moving on from other guys. They seem to be in the process of trying to mold a roster that Matt Patricia wants to work with going forward. Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think that's a pretty fair assessment. It seemed to me, you know, they got that win over the Packers and they came back and beat the the Dolphins after their bye, and they were right in the thick of things in what was appearing to be a very, uh, you know, even NFC North playoff picture, yeah. uh, but now losers of seven of their last nine. Uh, last week, a really tough performance when you look at you know them coming out against the Vikings, trying to you know make a little bit of a statement. Matt Stafford only throws for 116 yards. Uh, they really struggled to get things going on the ground game, and it's been you know kind of a, a difficult, tumultuous last two months for the for the Lions trying to find their footing in this thing. They they jumped on the Vikings nine to nothing. Yeah. They were in complete control of the game for the first quarter and a half, even close to the first two full quarters. The Vikings end up getting a touchdown late in the second quarter, and then hit the hail mary at the end of the first half to take the lead. The nine to nothing advantage for Detroit was gone and then they just it was like they had nothing left in the second half yeah and to be honest with you Mike I think the big thing that they're dealing with you talked about you know they made some of those trades they they traded Golden Tate earlier this year that's the one everybody's still talking about as the one that had the biggest impact on this offense and on Matthew Stafford at quarterback and and everything well because how many times Mike after the retirement of Kelvin Johnson did you and I discuss how Golden Tate was kind of one of the guys that helped them develop a new offensive identity. Absolutely. And, and he was also, I, I give a, a lot of credit, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, your Martin Mayhew was the one that actually signed him. If I'm wrong on that, correct me. I'm I can't remember sure for sure. You, you may be right about that. But I always thought that for, for wide receiver, it's such a mixed bag when you go out and you try to sign a free agent wide receiver because you never know what you're going to get. A lot of times those guys' best years are already behind them because the Devontae Adams, 24-, 25-year-old type receivers just don't hit free agency right. on that they don't, first they contract. They don't reach the market. Golden Tate did, and he had a better second half of his career with Detroit than he did on the first half of it with Seattle. Yeah. And now, I mean, they look like they have a real stud in Galladay. Uh, Kenny Galladay, that he's going to be a guy that could be their number one receiver for years to come. But I think right now in the interim, there's just been a dearth of playmakers there. And then losing on Johnson as well, uh, really hurting that ground game, which appeared to finally start finding itself. That's what I was going to say is they seem to be getting their footing with that ground game with on Johnson. They've been working for years I mean, since the the whole concussion issue with Javid Best, who they had invested in as a, as a running back of the future and all that, they seem to have found that with Johnson. But he goes on the shelf with an injury, and then and then you have Stafford, as you said, one bona fide target. Marvin Jones Jr. no slouch either, but just 
without Golden Tate, there's just not enough variety there, it seems, for Matthew Stafford to really find the groove that uh, we've seen him in before. And interestingly here, Wes, I looked this up quickly before we sat down to tape this show. Detroit Lions actually going for their fourth consecutive victory over the Packers Mm -hmm. in this rivalry. Last time the Lions beat the Packers four consecutive times, 1982-83. It's pretty wild. It's 35 years since that happened. So the Packers hoping that that doesn't happen and uh, that streak of the Lions not taking over the rivalry, so to speak, uh, that that doesn't happen on Sunday. Yeah, that's the number one thing here. The Packers, at, at a time in which you know they went 20-some years, 25, 26 years, Jason Hansen's whole career without ever <laughs> losing at Lambeau Field to the Lions, now trying to avoid losing their fourth straight to Detroit. The one storyline to kind of follow, Marvin Jones Jr. went on injury reserve a few weeks back, so the Packers will Oh, not... my apologies. I missed that one. No, but I mean, the, all, the only point I'm trying to illustrate there, yeah. he's been a real thorn in this defensive side for a number of years for now, sure. and, and that big play threat has not been there. Again, one of the things that I think has kind of hurt their offense and being able to get the downfield passing game going. 116 yards passing out of Matthew Stafford. You just you never see those kind of numbers. Yeah, you, you, you don't. And uh, we'll see what uh, happens here going forward with Detroit. Your thoughts on where they are defensively, because Matt Patricia coming from the defensive background with the New England Patriots, everything uh, along those lines. Darius Big Play Slay, we've talked about him a lot. He is definitely a guy to to pay attention to out there. But uh, again, a, a side of the ball that still looking for that identity as well, I think. It really is, because, I mean, you look at their leading sackers right now. It's uh, Omera Okawa. I can't even pronounce that. And then uh, Devin Kennard, uh, Ziggy Ansa never was able to get on track this year. He ended up on injured reserve. We That's talk- right. They franchise tagged Ansa, didn't yep, they? they and did. yeah, just the things didn't come together. There Tough for- year for him. He's also had a really strange uh, way of it in that, I mean, if you look at his career stats here, Michael, uh, the way his career has gone eight sacks, seven and a half, 14 and a half, two in 13 games. 12 last year and then 4-7 and seven before he was IR'd uh, after that uh, Arizona game. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just been a difficult situation with them trying to find their identity. They've gotten a bye. I think there is some talent in that defense, but it's just overall, uh, especially with some of the issues they've had on offense, just not been able to overcome it. Yeah, all righty. Well, uh, Packers fans, be sure to stop in at your local Quick Trip, pick up your Packers Cup today, and get 89-cent refills on your Cafe Karuba Coffee. All right, Wes, I mentioned on our show the day before Christmas that we needed to talk about what happened in Week 16 in the NFL and how that sets up for Week 17 with some of these playoff implications. And we might as well stay right in the NFC North because the Minnesota Vikings, they are the ones in control of their destiny, so to speak, with regards to the last open playoff spot in the NFC. If the Vikings can beat the Bears, they host the Bears on Sunday, 325 Central Time kickoff there. The Vikings win that game, they are back in the playoffs. If they lose, and if the Philadelphia Eagles win on the road in the nation's capital against Washington, the defending Super Bowl champs will squeak into that final playoff spot. The other five spots in the NFC are decided. Seattle's clinched a wild card, the Cowboys clinched the NFC East, the Bears obviously clinched the NFC North. And then you have the uh, the Saints and the Rams right now at the top of things. 
How do you see this uh, playing out here in the NFC? Who do you think is going to get that last wild card spot? Here's what I love about the NFL, Michael. How many times have you heard me say this over our, this two and a half, almost three full years of us doing this show? Last year you had the Philadelphia Eagles, the Minnesota Vikings vying to go to the Super Bowl, right? Right. Trying to stay on that road, make all their dreams come true. And now in a matter of 10 months later, 11 months later, here they are trying to get that number six wild card spot in the <laughs> NFC. It's just it's it's what the game's all about in terms of parity and competitiveness and how you cannot count your eggs year to year. You always must let them hatch in a new season. Yep. But the fact that again it's Nick Foles, <laughs> the miracle man in the Eagles trying to to make this comeback happen after what has been a tough up and down season for them. And then the Minnesota Vikings trying to hold on to the, the top of the bow of the ship. Uh, and, and see if they can keep this thing above water before the postseason. The difficult thing for the Vikings, though, they got to go up against one of the biggest surprises of the NFL and the Chicago Bears. Yep. So the, the work does not get any easier for them, but the fact of the matter remains, this is the type of team that you have to beat if you want to make a run in the playoffs, let alone being able to get the playoff bid. This is going to be a big game for them and seeing what their chances really look like. Well, and it appears that the Bears will be playing to win this game because – the NFL sets up the schedule in Week 17 so that games that are dependent on others for playoff fortunes and whatnot kick off at the same time. They try to do that as much as possible. And the Bears, if the Bears win and if the Rams lose, the Bears can get the number two seed and a first-round bye. So Chicago has plenty to play for, even though the Bears have already clinched the NFC North. They're not just going to roll over, I don't think, against the Vikings here. And obviously, the Bears handled the Vikings pretty well in Chicago in a primetime game just a few weeks ago. But then, what a game in Philadelphia last Sunday between the Eagles and the Texans. The yeah. back and forth there in the fourth quarter, Nick Foles, Deshaun Watson. Some of the plays Deshaun Watson was making for Houston to, uh, to keep the Texans in it. And the Texans may have blown their first round by in the AFC and given that to the Patriots. The Texans, um, they will uh, they will win. If I'm not mistaken, they are the AFC South champion. Right? Correct. Yeah, yep. they've won the AFC South. But um, what a game in Philadelphia. The, the, the way that one finished, the Eagles stay alive. And, uh, um, and now, and you mentioned... The two teams in the NFC, only one of them is going to get two teams playing for the conference championship last year. Only one will be in the playoffs. Same thing in the AFC. Yeah. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars, totally out of it at this point, but a team that was, what, are the, what do they say down in Jacksonville, like a whistle on a fumble away yeah. from going to the Super Bowl because they thought they had the Patriots beat if that fumble return doesn't get called back and all of that. Now the, the Jaguars are a five-win team and, and looking up at a whole bunch of other teams that are fighting for it in the AFC. Well, and this is what I love about especially that AFC South the last few years. Uh, you know, Houston has had to go through a lot, including one torn ACL from Deshaun Watson, uh, to, to still make these runs and to still be a team that now has made the playoffs in, what, three of the last four years. Uh, but then you look at the Indianapolis Colts now taking on the Tennessee Titans, one of those teams is going to the playoffs. The Colts a year ago, a Siberia almost, yeah. uh, with without Andrew Luck and, and so much uh, up and down and just craziness happening there. A lot of turmoil in that organization That was last the word year. I was going for. Yep. And you see how a franchise quarterback can kind of just 
calm all of that. And now underneath Frank Reich, the, the offensive mind that, that helped lead the Philadelphia Eagles to the promised land a year ago, well, now suddenly they're back in the playoff chase. Um, you look at Tennessee, who has scratched and clawed to make this happen. <laughs> I mean, again, by no means has this been an offensive juggernaut under Marcus Mariota. No disrespect to him, but they've just they've had to find ways to win. And Derrick Henry has become... Uh, a top running back in the league over the last month of the season. So, And they had to win last weekend with Blaine Gabbert because exactly. Mariota gets hurt, and now there's questions about whether Mariota can play in this Sunday night game. Colts and, Tex- Colts and Titans excuse me, being flexed to the Sunday night game for Week 17 because it's a de facto playoff yep. game. The winner is in the postseason. The loser is out of the postseason. And, uh, yeah, the a- AFC playoffs – start on Sunday night. Well, and one of the things that was the best about this year, Mike, for me, is that I I love quarterbacks in the NFL. I love franchise quarterbacks. I love named quarterbacks. The NFL is better with Andrew Luck in it. No doubt. I I thought a lot was missing, especially in that division last year when you didn't have Watson, you didn't have Luck. Uh, It it just didn't have the same verve to it. So uh, being able to see him come back and not have any issues with the shoulder, not have any problems with the throwing the football and just get back to his form. Uh, I think he's reminding people of the type of player he is and in what he brings to this league. And the fact that he also has kind of negated some of the, you know, I don't want to call them reckless run plays, but he's been smarter about what he's done outside the pocket. Um, I, I'm really excited. I wish, like I said to you a couple weeks ago, I wish the Packers were in this playoffs this year because it's a really exciting group. And I don't think yep. there's one team right now absent maybe as we've said the Saints at home that just you you just look at them as the de facto favorite Um, I'm just excited to see what comes out of it because I really think one of these five or six seeds could end up making a run yeah well and what you just said about the AFC South with Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck getting back into the mix that's as maybe as big a reason as any that the Jacksonville Jaguars had their backslide because that division completely changed the Jaguars have some issues of their own obviously and then you mentioned the Saints, and I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be really difficult for anybody in the NFC to go into New Orleans. They have the number one seed locked up now to beat New Orleans in the postseason. But yet we just saw last Sunday, Wes, the Pittsburgh Steelers, no slouch of a team. Yeah. They actually had that game. They should have won it. They gave it away. I mean, two crucial fumbles in the second half, a very questionable decision on a fake punt on fourth and four or fourth and five in their own territory, which gave the failure of that gave Drew Brees the short field to uh, allow the Saints to take the lead late in the game. And now you're looking at a Pittsburgh Steelers team that their playoff hopes are kind of on life support here. The Steelers need to win. They need the Browns to beat the Ravens or a Pittsburgh team that almost and probably should have beaten the best team in the NFC Mm -hmm. might not even get in the dance. It's amazing. (laughs) And the fact that the Ravens, again, have sort of risen from the dead now with Lamar Jackson uh, as their quarterback. And what Uh, a performance by that defense against the Chargers in Los Angeles last Saturday night. Yeah, death taxes and the Ravens defense. (laughs) I mean, it it just, that's the way they're wired. And, And to see how they've kind of come, you know, arguably playing as well as any unit in the NFL right now. And then I think you also got to credit the the Ravens. You know, a guy like Gus Edwards, undrafted free agent that nobody even knew about. Alex Collins was the running back. They had Buck Allen there. And then Gus Edwards comes out of nowhere, has a 100-yard game, and then he becomes a featured back. I mean, they just have found ways to win, and I think we'd be lying if we said that they aren't 
maybe the most entertaining team in football now with Jackson at quarterback with what he brings to them, the multiple multiple dimensions that he adds. Yeah, it's it's interesting in that this we it was boiling down to this the entire time. It was going to come to this with as much parity as we've seen in the NFC, the AFC across the board this year. Yeah. You're going to have some drama going into week 17 and and you know, honestly, that's that's the best part. That's what makes this game special. Yeah, that's the way it uh, that's the way it should be and I know there aren't a whole lot of playoff implications on the line in the early games when the Packers and the Lions play and those other noon central kickoffs on Sunday, but it's going to be a lot of drama, a lot of action, a lot of scoreboard watching starting at 325 on Sunday afternoon. Well, and here's the biggest thing with this Packers-Lions game. We'll talk about it with our keys to victory on Friday, but the fact of the matter is the Packers are trying to finish this thing, get on a two-game winning streak to end the year, go 7-8-1, and one, go 3-1 and one underneath your interim head coach. On the other side of the coin, Matt Patricia's trying to build a culture. He's trying to change things there. He's trying to make this team his own. They need to win this game. You cannot end the season if from the – Lions perspective throwing 116 yards in the air against Minnesota and then you know get punched in the mouth against the Packers and feel good about yourself going into the offseason so there is not a playoff spot on the line one of the few times in recent memory that the Packers have played a week 17 game that statistically in the win-loss column is meaningless but there's still a lot on the line here for the Packers trying to show that okay we came back, we rallied against the Jets, and now we can be that offense again for full 60 minutes against the Lions. Yeah, and as you said, the Detroit Lions trying to avoid losing 8 out of 10 to Close end the their rookie head coach's season. So, yeah, lots more to talk about as the week continues here on Packers Unscripted. But for, but for now, excuse me, we will call it a wrap on this edition. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.